a covenant of blood. And there's some things that uh, we'll go over because I want you to keep them in your mouth. There's some things you have to believe what God said. Number one, believe what God said, number one, about himself. What did God say about God? When Jesus was dealing with the uh, disciples in Matthew 16, he said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say I am? If you want to know about God, go see what God said about God. I've never seen a time when more Christians are letting the world tell them what God said. Hallelujah. Unbelievers, well, Jesus, yeah, this is what Jesus preached. You don't know what Jesus preached. You are an unbeliever. You are a sinner. You have no idea what Jesus is preaching or what he, what he preached. Well, Jesus taught love and acceptance. See there, you don't know what Jesus taught. Jesus did not teach love and acceptance. Jesus taught repentance. You believe, you, you, you believe what God said about himself. What did God say? Right? Number two, you believe what God said about his word. What did he say about his word? What did he say about the word that you have in your lap? The word that, that, that the Holy Spirit authored. What did God say about that? For, for instance, in Isaiah 55, he's, uh, verse 11, he said, As the, uh, the snow comes down from heaven and the rain and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth in bud and it doesn't return hither, thither, he said, So shall my word be when it goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. In other words, the rain and the snow don't come back empty. They produce something. And he said, that's how my word will be. It will accomplish the thing that I please, and it will prosper where I sent it. That's what God said about his word. So when you run into people that say, well, the word didn't work for me, they don't know what God said. Please, please understand this. This cannot fail. I didn't say won't, cannot. Well, I know somebody it failed for. The word can't fail. See, if your mindset's that way, then my faith is not solid in this. I have an agreement mindset and not a covenant mindset. Believe what God said about what he would do about himself, about his word, and what he said he would do. What did God say he would do for you? What did God say he would do? What did God say he would do about your children? He said all your children would be taught of the Lord and great would be the peace of your children. He said even the captives of the mighty would be taken prey and the, and the prey of the terrible would be released. But he said this, he said, I'll contend with them that contend with you and I'll save your children. That's what God said. God said in the book of Hosea, he would hedge up your child's way with thorns so they couldn't turn around and go the other way. That's what he said. Amen. 
He said, are my children part of the harvest? Are they? They're part of the harvest, right? He said, pray the, the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. So right now, somebody's talking to your child. Right now, somebody's influencing them with the gospel. Why? Because God said that. But you know what you hear most believers doing? Ah, boy, I can't do anything with him. Hard head. Just don't want to live for God. That's not what God said. God said that your children would return from the land of the enemy, and one of them would call himself by the name of the Lord, and the other one would plant himself by the willow courses. The word says that your children will come again from the land of the enemy, so you should refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, because there's hope in your latter end. That's what he said. That's what he said. Is that right? Hallelujah. And I've had people look at me and say, you're just, too, you're, just, you're just too hard about that word stuff. Hey, it works. Doesn't it? Hallelujah. What did God say about himself? We can go through it real quick. Titus 1-2. He said concerning in hope of eternal life, which God... That cannot lie. Did God say right there, he cannot lie? So how do you know you have eternal life as a believer? Because God said it, and he cannot lie. When did God promise that? Before the world began. Can God lie? People say, well, God doesn't lie. Uh, if that's how you think, You believe he might. God doesn't because he can't. He doesn't lie because he cannot lie. You got to watch some of your paraphrases. It says God who doesn't lie. God who won't lie. No, God can't lie. That's, that's what God said about himself. Hebrews 13, 8. What does it say? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that what he said? Is that what God said about himself? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul said this way, the God that did deliver me is the God that does deliver me, and I believe he will deliver me. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, there are religious people that will quote that, but they don't believe it. Well, God healed me once. I, it may not be His will this time. If He's the same. See, there again, there's no covenant mindset. He said, Exodus chapter 15, verse 24, 23, 24, 25. He said, if you serve me, hearken diligently to what I tell you. None of these diseases that came on Egypt will come on you because I am the Lord I am blank check, and then he says, I'm going to fill in the blank check for you. Here's who I am in this instance. I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I am the self-existent one. I am the eternal one who is eternally self-existent as this. Rapha, your healer. Amen. Egypt is a type, shadow, figure of the world. The world 
had the disease. The world had the plague. He said, that's not going to come on you because I am the Lord that heals you. The lesser translation says, I am the Lord your physician. One translation says, I am your surgeon. Exodus 23 said, you, you serve the Lord your God, I will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness from your midst. Isn't that what surgeons do? They go in and find where you're sick and take it. Is that right? Hallelujah. And then he said, and nothing in your land will cast their young before the time. And the number of your days I will fulfill. Why is he going to take the sickness? Why is he going to take it so he can fulfill the number of our days? Hallelujah. So it's got to be your mindset. No, 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 no. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a covenant with the healer. Numbers 23 and verse 19. Has God said it? Shall he not do it? God's not a man that he should lie, son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, shall he not do it? Has he spoken it, shall he not make it good? If God said it, he'll make it good. That's what God said about himself. It's a covenant mindset. Can God lie? Can he? Then I got to believe without fail what he said about himself. Malachi 3.6. You know this because we, we quoted over the scriptures a lot. I am the Lord. Now, I am Jehovah, the eternally self-existent one. I'm God by myself. Beside me, there is no other. I am the Lord. Right? I change not. Did you say that? Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. What were they doing? He said, you've went away from my ordinances. You've not done what I ask you. And what's God say? Here, guys, here's why you're not consumed. Because I'm the Lord and I don't change. It's what God said about himself. I said, that's what God said about himself. You got to believe what God said about himself. Not what somebody else said about God. Well, this is my experience. I don't need to know it. Because this is what God said. I sat in a church one time where the pastor had a son that was in his mid-40s. And, and he was, uh, I, 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 I want to make sure I say this right because I want you to understand. He had had trauma when he was born. And the doctors had injured him. They used what they called forceps. I guess they don't use those anymore. But they, they had hurt him. And he had brain damage and almost died, did die. And they brought him back, and the, the lack of oxygen had affected him horribly. And that pastor stood in the pulpit and pointed his finger with me, talking to me after church, and pointed his finger at his son and said, Pastor Steele, it pays to obey God. I said, yes, sir, it does. He goes, my son's in the condition he's in. Because I wouldn't respond to the call of God. And God put him that way. God, God did that to him. I didn't know to cry or slap him. God said, I make alive. God's not putting brain damage on children because you did something wrong. 
The Bible says God will not hold your children guilty for what you did. That's the myth of the generational curse. I'm under a generational curse. No such thing for the believer. You have a covenant that broke it from you. I got a whole series on that myth of the generational curse. Now, you preach on the generational curse, you, you can get, make a lot of money, you'll sell a lot of books, but you won't be preaching Bible. That's free. <laughs> Amen. That's free. But think about that. Hallelujah. What did God say about Himself? Always remember, you have a covenant. It's going to be very important tonight. Once I get going, we'll go fast. I'm just my introduction. You have a covenant. Say it out loud. I have a covenant. Say it one more time. I have a covenant. Tell your neighbor, say, I have, you have a covenant. Number two, always remember, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Blood of bulls and goats in the first covenant, the blood of the Lamb of God in the second covenant. The blood in the second covenant brought you and I into the blood of the first covenant. The blood of the second covenant brought us into the first covenant with expansions and additions. We have rights and privileges to all the promises and all the benefits in the first with the expansion of the second. In this series, I'm not teaching on covenant from the standpoint of a ceremony or things of that nature. What does the Bible say about your covenant? Number three, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. To have strong faith, I have to have a covenant mindset. Because a covenant mindset is this mindset that God has eternally bound himself to what he says. He's bound to it eternally. Man breaks covenant, God doesn't. God cannot break covenant. He said in Psalm 89, 34, He said, My covenant I will not break, nor will I alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. He said in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, He said that I am the God, I am the, co- I am the faithful God that keeps mercy and covenant to a thousand generations. A generation is at minimum 40 years. So he said it's a thousand generations. That means for every person that God has a covenant with, he says, at minimum, I have a covenant with you 40,000 years. Nobody in here is going to live in the natural 40,000 years. So that's why he called it an everlasting covenant. We're going to see that tonight. Nine times he called it his covenant. Three times he said it's everlasting. Oh, glory. Isn't that good? Genesis 17. Now, we're not going to read all of these. Just follow with me for the sake of, oh, my goodness. We're going to preach on this all year, all year long. This is what changed my life. Notice, let's just go through uh, the verses here and and a few of them. And look at verse 2, my covenant. Verse 4. My covenant. Verse 7. My covenant. Verse 9. My covenant. Verse 10. My covenant. Verse 13. My covenant. Verse 14. My covenant. 
Verse 19, my covenant. Verse 21, my covenant. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 7, everlasting covenant. Verse 13, everlasting covenant. Verse 19, everlasting covenant. The covenant that God made with Abraham is the basis for our relationship with God. The covenant that God made with Abraham, most every promise in the Word of God can be linked back to that covenant. And he says, he called it his covenant, and he said it was an everlasting covenant. Everlasting, eternal, everlasting. Glory. Now, in Genesis 22... You gotta, you gotta stay with me because we, we, we put the ends together. We tie a lot of knots. Genesis twenty-two, and verse eighteen, and in your seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because that you have obeyed my voice. Now remember, always keep this in your mind. My part of the covenant is faith and obedience. That's my part. This will simplify your believing so much. If you understand, my job, my part, is put faith in God and obey what He says. The doing of the thing is up to the presenting partner. God established the covenant. God presented the covenant. God initiated the covenant. God said, I will do this if you believe me. That's why when you start teaching people, that, you know, uh, you didn't, it wasn't you, it wasn't you, the reason you didn't receive wasn't you. It's not, nothing's wrong with your faith. Don't, don't get under condemnation. Then let me ask you a question. If it wasn't you, who was it? I mean, think about this. Now, now wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm not being hard. If we say things like, God heals every time. But then someone comes and says, God didn't heal me. And you say, well, it wasn't you. Don't get under condemnation. Well, then who was it? Then who am I blaming? I've only got two people I can blame. God or the devil. And we know the devil wants to stop healing. But, 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 but the Bible says that my faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Is that right? Wouldn't it be easier and better to teach people if you put your faith in the covenant, it always works? That's the only way you build strong faith. Now, I'm not one that goes around poking people in the eye. You don't have a lick of faith, do you? I don't do that. You know I don't do that. I will help you build your faith. Right? But God promised Abraham that in his seed or through his line, all nations of the earth would be blessed. Now this was speaking in Genesis 22 of Isaac presently, but it was speaking of a future seed. Isaac presently. In your seed, in Isaac, 
All nations of the earth will be blessed in his lineage, in his, in his heritage, out of his body. Isaac presently and a future seed. Through Abraham, God was able to get his covenant into the earth. God had to find a man that would believe him. I don't have time to get into this. If, if, if I do, I'll, I'll just blow the whole thing. John 1, what does it say? It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Amplified Bible says God Himself. Is that right? What does verse 14 say? John chapter 1 and verse 14. Let's look at this. I want to show you something. The Word Christ became flesh. I like that. Thank you. That's, that's a good translation. The Word Christ became flesh. Now, wait a minute. Who was the Word? People say Jesus. Who's the Word say the Word was? God. God Himself. The Word, God, became flesh. Human incarnate, tabernacled, fixed His tent of flesh, lived a while among us. Who lived a while among us? God. And we actually saw His glory, His honor, His majesty. Such glory as an only begotten Son. Now hang, receives from His Father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. In other words, we saw Jesus and we beheld God as the only begotten Son. But it was God. Verse 18. Show me verse 18. Let's look at this from the Amplified Bible. John 1, 18. No man has ever seen God at any time. Now, wait a minute. But God was in the flesh. God himself. So, they didn't see God. Who'd they see? They saw Jesus. Is that right? Or the only begotten God who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the Father. Watch. He has declared him. He has revealed him. He has brought him out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and made him known. What, when, see, this, this tells us something. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I want you to see this about the covenant. God had to get Abraham to believe him and go into covenant with him so God could come to the earth in the flesh and do his works. When, 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 when Jesus talked about the works, what did he say? He said, the works I do, who does them in me? The Father doeth the works in me. Is that right? Who is doing the works? Who is doing the works? God, who was he doing them through? Amen. Why was Jesus on the earth doing the works? Because he had a covenant with Abraham. That in your seed, Matthew 1, 1, Jesus Christ, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. He had to have the seed of Abraham so he could do his works. When people stood before Jesus, most of the people Jesus healed were Jews. They were Israelis. They were Hebrews. When they stood before Jesus, they were standing before Jehovah Rapha who was going to take their sickness away. And he did it because he had a covenant with Abraham. 
Glory to God. In, 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 in what is it, uh, uh, Luke 18, I, I think it is. It, I, I may be wrong on that. Jesus was in the synagogue, and there's the woman in there that was bowed over. And you know, I've heard people preach, well, you know, uh, you know she was complaining because they knew she had been that way 18 years. The Scripture doesn't say that, so you can't say that. She was bowed over and could not lift herself up. Is that what it says? Now watch. The Scripture says Jesus called her to him. Is that right? And said, Ought not this daughter of Abraham be loosed, is that right, from her infirmity on the Sabbath day. Now, wait a minute. Think about that. Jesus called her to him. Why did Jesus call her to him? Because the Bible says that Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why was Jesus sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Jesus had to go and minister to the lost sheep of the house of Israel because God had a covenant with Abraham, and God promised that through your seed all nations of the earth would be blessed. But isn't it interesting? The, and we'll talk about this woman tonight. The woman of Cana came to Jesus and he ignored her. Yeah, she came to him the first time and said, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. And it says, Jesus answered her not a word. She needed healing but had no healer because she didn't have a covenant. Then the disciples said, Lord, send her away. She's crying after us. And she came and worshipped him. Uh, 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 Mark's, Mark's account, I think it's Mark. Let me, let me double check here. Uh, yeah. No, Matthew. Mark. Mark 7. Mark 7. You don't have to go there right now. We'll go there in a minute. Mark 7 says Jesus went into a house. And he couldn't be hid because this woman came. She found out he was in the house. See, you got to understand something. She has no hope. My daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. Do you know what her life was like? She got up every morning with a devil-possessed daughter. She went to bed every night with a devil-possessed daughter. It was miserable. She had no hope. She had no healer. She had no, she had no way of getting free. Glory to God. But she went to that house anyway. And she got on her knees before Jesus and said, My daughter is grievously tormented with the devil. And Jesus looked at the woman and said, Let the children first be filled. In other words, there's a time for you to be filled, but it's not right now. Because I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, he said, he said, it's not re right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs. In, in other words, we over-spiritualize that. But she's looking, she says, I've seen dogs. I've seen dogs sitting around the children's table. And here's what I know, Jesus, that if, 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 if a 
they drop a crumb, that dog has a right to get it because it's on the floor. And Jesus, I'm on the floor, and all I want is a crumb. And it says, Jesus said, because of this saying, go your way, your daughter's free. And it says she went home and found her daughter laying on the couch, cured permanently. Now look at the contrast. He calls the covenant woman to him and heals her without her asking. The Gentile had to go through faith. <laughs> but through her faith, she was standing in front of Jehovah Rapha. And through her faith, she entered into a blood covenant that she had no right to. Everybody that was healed in the ministry of Jesus was healed on credit. They were healed based on what he was going to do. That's not the first Gentile God healed. The first record of healing we have in the book of Genesis was a Gentile king named Abimelech. God healed his family because of the covenant he had with Abraham. Glory to God. You got to have a covenant mindset. My part is faith and obedience. So I said all that to say that's why God had to have a covenant with Abraham. Because God couldn't get into the earth unless he had a blood right to be there. And when he made a covenant with Abraham, he bound himself to what he promised. Through your seed. See, that's why Jesus had to be born of a woman. He had to be flesh and blood. He had to be a real man. Why did he have to be a real man? So God could occupy flesh and bone and blood and fulfill his covenant. Mm. Oh, this is good. Ah, that's why Jesus would say on at least three different occasions, we hear him call himself, I am. When he was, when he was dealing John chapter 8, John chapter 8, they were giving him a hard time at the end of the chapter. And they were, they were saying, uh, uh, you don't know about anything about Abraham. You're just 50 years, you're not even 50 years old. And Jesus said, one translation says, before there ever was an Abraham, I am. I am. I am. Hallelujah. In other words, you're, you're standing here arguing with the one that made a covenant with Abraham. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see that? When they came to take him in, in the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane. And they came and, and they were looking for him. And Jesus said, who do you seek? Jesus of Nazareth. Now this is important. It always, they always tie, it, when, when they say Jesus of Nazareth, it ties it back to his humanity. He was a man. See, the Holy Spirit leaves nothing to chance. It reminds us over and over again, he was a man. Why God doesn't break covenant. Satan had violated the covenant that God made with Adam. Adam had usurped that covenant and walked away from it. 
and made God an outsider on the planet he created. He has to have human cooperation now. The Holy Spirit's quick to remind us over and over again. He didn't break covenant. He didn't violate his word. He did this through a man. See, it's not taken away from Jesus. There are people that say, well, you know, that just takes away from the power of Jesus. Where would Jesus' power come from? If God's not in him, he doesn't have any. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. Is that right? We seek Jesus of Nazareth. I am. 620 some odd soldiers fell flat on their back. Boom. Amen. Why? I am. Do, do you see this? God was able to get his covenant into the earth because he found a man that would believe him and obey him. That's our part of the covenant, faith and obedience. God, God's covenant with Abraham during that time and the many years afterwards primarily affected the children of Israel. For, except for rare occasions, exceptions, all other people groups were excluded. But God cannot lie. And the God that cannot lie said through the seed of Abraham, all nations would be blessed. The, the covenant is the vehicle for the blessing. There's that glory, my Lord. There had to be another man who would make the covenant available to every nation. And they had to be the seed of Abraham. Now here's a real easy answer. Why? Because God said it would be the seed of Abraham. Matthew 1.1. Notice Matthew 1.1. We quoted this earlier. Notice what it says. It says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, or the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it starts right here. The son of David, the son of Abraham. Son of David, son of Abraham. Jesus came into the earth with a natural earthly lineage. He was in the line of David and the line of Abraham. Mm. Why was he the son of David? Kingly line. To be the king, he had to be in the king's line. God, God, God doesn't violate those things. The, the Bible says in Luke 1.32, He will sit on the throne of his father David. He will sit on the throne of his father David. And people say, well, he's not set on the throne of his father David. Not till he returns, raptures the church, takes us to heaven, and then comes back physically, bodily to the earth. And the Bible says that he will set up his throne in Jerusalem and he will rule and reign from the throne of David. Why? Because God said. Because there's a covenant that said it. And he'll rule and reign from that throne for a thousand years. And then after the thousand years, he will turn and turn all rule and all reign over to the Father. He will vacate the throne, and the man David will rule from that throne forever. Why? Because the covenant said, your kingdom, David's kingdom, will be forever. And he had to be the son of Abraham... Because it was the seed of Abraham that all nations would be blessed through. 
Covenant seed. Look at Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 5. Am I helping you at all? Say it out loud. I have a covenant. See, this is so important. I have a covenant. Say it one more time. I have a covenant. So Matthew 10, verse 5. It says, These twelve sent Jesus forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Know what it said? Now, now what are they going and proclaiming? People say the gospel of the kingdom. Go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's a covenant promise. The good news came to the covenant people first. John chapter 1, verse 9. John chapter 1 and verse 9. Hallelujah. This, he says, that was the true light that lights every man that comes into the world. <clears throat> he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. He came to his own, Israel, and they did not receive him. The covenant people didn't receive him. But as many as did receive him were given the right or the privilege to become the sons of God. To be a son of God is to be brought into the covenant that God made with Abraham. To be a son of God is to be brought into that covenant. When you become a son of God, by default, you become a son of Abraham. Because you have to be the seed of Abraham to partake of the covenant. Look, look, look at Romans 2. Romans chapter 2. Am I helping you at all? Romans chapter 2, verse 28. Romans 2 and 28. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. He's a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now, this is so important because when you read through Genesis chapter 17, verse 10 and 11, remember that you cannot say covenant without saying cut. It's the Hebrew word berith, B-E-R-I-T-H, berith, and it means to cut. It literally means to cut, to cut, to cut the blood, all right? So there's always blood in a covenant because that's what bound the parties, blood. Now, God said in Genesis 17, I'm watching my time, God said in Genesis 17, he said, the token, let, let, let's look at it. Genesis 17, verse 10, verse 10 and 11. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token. Very important word, token. It means proof. It means evidence of a what? Covenant. Between who? Them and God. Is that right? Now, understand, back to Romans 2. Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. 
He says he's not a Jew that's one outwardly, but one inwardly. Circumcision is not that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. Circumcision is of the heart and in the spirit. Now, this is important because where the mark of that covenant occurred in Genesis chapter 17 was not something that people by and large would see. But it was evidence to the person that had received the mark of, of covenant that they were in covenant with God. Because there was a cutting, there was a circumcising that had occurred. When you got born again, your life was circumcised. That's why the Bible says old things are passed away. All things have become new. What happened? You took off that old man with all of its old thoughts and old ways of doing, and it was tossed aside, and the new man was there because the covenant of circumcision had occurred. Hallelujah. It's important. It, the, the reason this is so important, no, notice 1 Samuel 17, 26. 1 Samuel 17 and 26. And then we'll go to verse 36. And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, I want you to understand something first. I will hear preachers preach from these verses, and they'll say, Yep, you know David did his part, and God directed that stone. You don't find that in the Bible anywhere. Yeah, but you know it had to happen. No, I don't. Because the Bible doesn't say it. What was David depending on? What did he, what did he know was the difference between him and Goliath? I got a covenant. He doesn't. Who is that non-covenant man that he should defy the armies of the living God. In David's mind, that put him on the losing end already. People say, well, you know, uh, 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 God anointed David right then to do that. God anointed David to do that in the previous chapter. God, David killed Goliath because he was anointed to be king over God's people. That's what Saul was supposed to do. Saul was supposed to kill Goliath and he violated his covenant and wouldn't do it. And God had to bring a covenant-minded man in to get the job done. Are you, are you seeing this? Look, verse 11. Look at, look at verse... Uh, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, 36. Verse 36. Your servant slew the lion and the bear. And notice, he didn't just say in this Philistine. This uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of them. Seeing he's defied the armies of the living God. Do you see what made David mad? He's talking bad about God. He's running God down. It ought to make you covenant people upset when people say God makes people sick, God breaks people, God does bad things to people. You got a covenant with God Almighty that said He will only bless you. You will be above only and not beneath. You will only be the head and never be the tail. Oh, Hallelujah. Do you, see, do you see that? It, you don't have to go here. You can write it down. 1 Samuel 31, 4, when Saul had been severely wounded by the, by the archers, he asked his armor bearer 
thrust me through. Why did he say? Lest these uncircumcised come. Is that right? And abuse me. Notice how he referred to them. Non-covenant people. In other words, at least if you kill me, a covenant guy killed me. Don't let the non-covenant people come and kill me. Why did God make the covenant a blood covenant? So the devil can't get in it. He doesn't have any blood. It's a blood covenant. Nobody can get into it but a blood man. Oh, Jesus. So in other words, being a son of Abraham is a spiritual matter and not a literal matter. On your heart right now, man or woman... On your heart, there's the sign of circumcision. There's the sign of where the old you was cut off and the new you started. It's proof you have a covenant with God. In in, in Exodus 12, when he said, uh, uh, put the blood over the doorpost, and he said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Well, what was the blood a token of? He said, it will be a token of, on the doorpost. It's evidence or proof. That's what that word means. Evidence or proof. What is it evidence or proof of? That there's covenant people in here. Psalm 91 says it this way. It says when you abide in the secret place of the most high God. You'll abide under the shadow of the almighty. And then it says around verse 10. It says and no evil will befall you. And no plague will come near your dwelling. What's the secret place? The covenant. Mm. Ephesians 2, verse 10. I'm hurrying. Notice what it says. Can we, can we look at this from the Amplified Bible, please, sir? It says, we're God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreating Christ Jesus, born anew, that we might do those good works that God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths that He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now notice this. Uh, Next verse. Therefore remember that at one time you were Gentiles, heathens in the flesh, called uncircumcision by those who themselves, who called themselves circumcision, itself a mere mark in the flesh made by human hands. Remember, you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all part in Him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation. Strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the Messianic promise, with no knowledge of or right in God's agreements, His covenants, and you had no hope, no promise. You were in the world without God. Should we dare read the next verse? But now in Christ Jesus. Why is in Christ so important where this covenant's concerned? 
To be the seed of Abraham, I have to be in the seed of Abraham. In Christ, the seed of Abraham. You who once were so far away, so far away from what? The covenants of promise. Though by in the blood, the blood of the second covenant, by in the blood of Christ have been brought near. Near to what? The covenant. Glory to God. And that's the picture that we have. I won't have you go there. In Matthew 15, 24 through 28, when the woman came to Jesus that we talked about earlier. This is a picture of us before Christ. The devil holding us in bondage, destroying our lives. Yet we heard of Jesus. We placed our faith in Jesus and we were brought into the covenant with the rights of the children. This woman, even before the new covenant blood was shed, tapped into the covenant of promise of healing by faith. That's a picture of you and I. We had no right to anything as a Gentile. But we came and we believed in our heart. What happened when you believed in your heart? Your heart was circumcised. The mark of covenant came. When you believed in your heart, then what did you do? You confessed with your mouth that what? Jesus was your Lord. Who is Jesus? The seed of Abraham. If the seed of Abraham is your Lord and you are God's son, you are the seed of Abraham. One last verse. Romans 8. Oh, Jesus. I've done it. I... I don't know, I preached myself happy an hour ago. Mm. Romans 8, 15. Romans 8, 15. Romans 8, 15. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. We are joint heirs with Christ, son of Abraham. In order to be brought into the covenant, we had to be made family. He's not a Jew that's one outwardly, but one inwardly. Circumcision is that not that of the flesh, but of the heart. We've been adopted into the family. We're no longer strangers to the covenants of promise. Mm. Say it out loud. I have a covenant. See, we, we came all the way through those verses to get you here. You have a covenant. It's not God's covenant with somebody else. It's God's covenant with you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say, I have a covenant. Say it out loud. I have, I have a covenant. covenant. Oh, hallelujah. That, that's a requirement for strong faith. A requirement for strong faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you make that decision, when you make that decision, I, I, I am a covenant man. I'm a covenant woman. I have a covenant with Almighty God. Almighty God swore in blood that surely blessing He would bless me multiplying he would multiply me he'd bless me and make my name great my enemies are his enemies changes here's what it does closes the book that's it nothing more to say mm, that's good
I stand on your feet. Praise God. I better get you out of here. Woof. My Lord, I could run home. Or at least a Lenexa. <laughs> Isn't that great? Amen. You know, all of these, all of these messages are on YouTube. Uh, all, all of the covenant of healing is, is on YouTube. Uh, it's available. I think we're on, oh my goodness, part seven. I, I just did three nights on the covenant of healing uh, at the uh, Hear and Be Healed. So my point is, it's all there. It's, it's all there. It's available. And uh, uh, build yourself in it. Amen? Because God, God, God will help you. God will bless you. Amen? Oh, glory to God. Well, don't forget, of course, uh, Sunday morning, Pastor Michelle will be here. Praise Wednesday night. Who's preaching Wednesday night? Dave, Brother Dave, praise God. Pastor Dave, Reverend Dave, hallelujah, praise God, amen. I think uh, he, last time Dave taught, he taught about faith in the covenant, amen. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. You want to keep saying these same things. I have a covenant. The Bible's a covenant book, sealed with blood on both ends, and a covenant mindset's a requirement for strong faith. Keep that in your mind. Keep that in your mind, amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? And then, of course, Pastor Michelle will be here Sunday morning. And Sunday night, and uh, we didn't do announcements today, but we have our ministry workers meeting, which is what, the 20th? Is it the 20th? The 20th of this month. And so if you are the head of a department or a member of a department, you need to be here so that uh, the, you can get a hold of everything that we got for you to get hold of. Amen? God's good. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, come on, say it with me tonight. The vision of our church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.